When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, it is a football Monday. Christopher Canty, what up? You're strong in that take, huh? Aaron Rodgers ain't going to the playoffs. No. You're, you're resolute in that one. Yeah. You'll I mean, be you, on a... you said it with your chest. I did. With so much confidence. I did. Me, not so much. I'm yeah. not there yet. Although we did say that the commanders could give him a scare. It was more than a scare on Sunday. He can start uh, planning the Panchakarma cleanse earlier this year. He'll have plenty mm. of time for it. But we'll get right to it. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are thrilled that you are with us. We've got so much football. And unfortunately for Canty, some baseball to get to as well with just an unbelievably embarrassing performance by the New York Yankees in the ALCS. Their fifth straight League Championship Series loss, which is unbelievable to me. But that later on, so you got that to look forward to, Chris. But let's start with the Packers yesterday. And look, they're just not a good team. They're they're just not a good football team. They are not nearly as good defensively as we would have believed at the beginning of the year. And I, I to a degree, sympathize with Rodgers that he doesn't have any receivers outside of Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon that maybe he can truly trust. Maybe Sammy Watkins too. But Chris, I I that's where the sympathy ends because this is of his doing. And the more I hear him complain about the situation, uh, the more maddening it is because he is taking no accountability in this. No, there's no accountability on Rodgers' part at all. And what's curious to me, Carlin, is the fact that you're talking about this team going on the road against the backup quarterback in Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders essentially spotting you a 14-3 lead. And then you're making a decision to only run the ball for a total of 12 times that, in that game. I can't believe that. That's maddening to me. I don't understand when you clearly are struggling in the passing game and you're clearly struggling to control the complexion of the game, especially in the second half, why wouldn't you run the football and shorten the game? That made no sense to me, but that's a Matt LaFleur call. And again, when we start having the conversation of who's to blame for the mess that's going on in Green Bay, you got to look right at the top. There is a disconnect between the quarterback and the head coach. It's clear that they're not on the same plan, and it's, they're not helping to set the agenda for the team in order to go out there and have success. They're not providing a path to victory each and every week that everybody in that locker room can buy into, and it's clear in the dysfunction that we see play out on the field. No, there's there's no reason to believe in what's going on, and dysfunction is the right word. I mean, listen to Rodgers yesterday when he was asked about his offensive line and the fact that the Reds, the Commanders, did not blitz a lot on the afternoon, what that says. I think you know what it tells you. They didn't need to. That's what they thought. They thought the rush could get home and they could cover it up on the back end. Okay, so let's let's be clear about something, Aaron, as you take a veiled shot at your offensive line. <laughs> Let, let's be clear. Yeah. You were only pressured 6% of the time yesterday. Mm. You were the one 
who was throwing the little drop-offs. And whether or not it's because other guys weren't getting open or they were dropping passes, he only averaged, Chris, three yards in the air per pass. But can we talk about why that was the case? Uh, it was the To me, it was the case that because some of the other receivers aren't getting open? Or, or it was because he doesn't trust that offensive line to hold up in pass protection. Because Aaron Rodgers... But he average- threw it 35 times and he only got pressured six times. Okay, you're only, 6%. You're only going to get pressured 6% when your average snap to throw time is 2.35 seconds. 2.35 seconds? Well, 2.35 seconds is his average snap to throw time in that game yesterday. You're not going to get pressured. But that just shows you Aaron Rodgers... He's getting rid of it because he doesn't trust He's getting the ball out of his hands because he doesn't trust that the protection can hold up up front. And, Carlin, we said it coming into this season. That offensive line for the Packers, and not necessarily receiving corps, could be what derails the season. Because when you're breaking in new wide receivers, guess what you're going to need? A little extra time so those guys can uncover downfield. A little extra time to make sure that you and those receivers are on the same page. And it's clear that that's not the case. But what's also clear is that your offensive line can't hold up in pass protection. And that issue gets exacerbated when you only run the ball 12 times. I agree. Listen, pass rushers, they're so much better when they know it's pass. If Matt LaFleur is going to call a game where there are only 12 rush attempts, what do you think Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and those guys are going to do? You think they're going to play the run? You think Montez Sweat was worried about setting the edge on the run game? No. He was playing the run on the way to the quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers saw that, which is why he was getting the ball out of his hands. It wasn't him playing quarterback yesterday. It was him playing hot but potato. He got, but he wasn't – exactly, and he wasn't even giving his line a chance to block for him because he didn't trust him. Well, it's because they can't. Well, I think we've seen that. I understand that he feels that way, but you're costing your team when you do that, when you don't show any trust whatsoever. Listen, they're bad all the way around. Yes. Okay? But let's not not ignore why they are bad all the way around. They, on defense, were supposed to be a whole lot better, and the talent is there, as we have detailed, and it's being poorly coached. Mm. I I don't care what happens. There's no reason... For Taylor Heineke and the commanders to be able to put up 20-plus points yesterday. Mm -hmm. There's no reason. And secondly, when you have taken away all of your own weapons because one of them didn't want to be there anymore. We have gone through that chapter and verse on Devontae Adams. And you took every penny, and they can't pay anybody else. I mean, Devontae didn't want to be there because he's afraid of all your stupid drama coming back from... You know, you know, a spiritual awakening tour and deciding you want to go be a yoga instructor. But, but no. I mean, we're sitting here because Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to blame himself at all in this. And it's not, Chris, about his play. It, we know that he is playing fine in this situation. It's about how they got here and why he's in this situation. They didn't hit on the receivers so far yeah. that they drafted. But why did they have to draft so many receivers? Because they couldn't pay anybody. Yeah. And and they tried to pay Adams, and he didn't want to be here. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's fair to be critical of Rodgers because he is making $50 million a year. Like, you've got to be a part of the solution. You can't make $50 million can't just a year and to, then point at everybody else. And that's my point. You can't point to all of the problems and not figure out how you can be a part of the solution because you're paying a guy that kind of money to be a force multiplier and to cover up the deficiencies that you have on your team. But that being said, Carlin, we got to at least talk about the reasons why this offense is struggling. And it's clear right now that Aaron Rodgers ain't capable of overcoming all the ails that the Packers are facing. Now, 
That being said, it ain't got nothing to do with the defensive side of the ball because yeah. that's just awful. Yeah. To, to let a backup quarterback do that to you after you have a double-digit lead, you can't let that happen. Your defense with seven first-round draft picks and a lot of high-priced free agents, you can't let it go down like that, Carlin. But we're seeing this routinely, which is why I point to the head coach and the quarterback, the leadership issues. Again, I understand Devontae Adams leaving in the void that that created in the skill position core. But this is not a talent issue alone with the Packers. They have a leadership issue. And that's where I think it's even more important that we're critical of Aaron Rodgers in that regard because when you're paying a guy $50 million you want him to produce, but you also want that guy to lead and to help with the development of all the other pieces that you know you're going to need later on in the season if you want to compete for a championship. Well, guess what Washington did? They shortened the game because they could run it all over you. Yeah. 166 yards. But more alarming to me is the fact that they were comfortable running it 38 times. Mm-hmm. 38 times running the football. Carlin, I got to give you this stat because this is just mind-numbing. I-, I couldn't believe it when I saw it, but this is this is insane. Aaron Rodgers. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers on the season. When it comes to the average time that he has in the pocket, from the snap to throwing the ball or when he's pressured, and the pocket's collapsing, 1.9 seconds. Second worst in the National Football okay, League. Okay, it's bad. Second, in the, second worst in the National Football League when it comes to when he's pressured or the pocket is collapsing. 1.9 seconds. Do you wonder why he's dumping the ball off to running backs in the flat? That's why. If you're wondering why the average snap to throw time is 2.35 seconds yesterday, that's why. He does not trust his protection. And it only makes it worse when you have no semblance of a run game. And so I'm not excusing Aaron Rodgers. I'm just explaining why it's hard for this Packers offense to get on track. But what I also want to know is at what point does he actually believe that hammering them publicly, as he's done a couple times here, sure. is getting them to respond? Yeah. Because to me, if I'm in that room and you're going to continue to pound us publicly, I'm sure he's hammering them privately too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is. At what point do I tune you out? Because you've won one, okay? You're a great player. You're a Hall of Famer. Nobody's taking it away from you. Yeah. You're getting every penny, dude. I, I'm i doing everything I can right here. And I'm here because, and he lost Bakhtiari, I'm here because you took every penny. Mm-hmm. And you don't have better players around you, so what do you want me to do about it? I'm doing everything I can to get better. Well, listen, I don't mind him taking every penny, but you got to go out there and you got to back it up. You got to go out there and you got to back it up. And again, we're talking about you having a double-digit lead in the first half and finding a way to blow it. At some point, that can't be the narrative about your team. If you're a true leader, if you're one of the greats in that regard, then that doesn't happen. This team is not the worst when it comes to second-half scoring differential. But yet, this is where they find themselves through seven games. And guess what, Carlin? I got news for you. It's not going to get any easier no. this week. Next five. No, no, next five. Well, next five, but this week in particular? Yeah. And he's saying it might be the best thing for him to go up to Buffalo and nobody's giving you a chance? Good luck There's with that. a reason why nobody's giving you a chance. There's also a reason why, for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, he's a double-digit underdog yeah. in a game. Good luck trying to convince yourself that it's us against the world. Because it might just be you against the world. It's starting to feel like that. Yeah, and, and, it if, is. and if he's not careful, those guys in that locker room, 
could turn their backs on him even more. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, you can be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Chris, on on the flip side with the the greatest of all time in Brady, I... Look, that's just an inexcusable performance all around yesterday. I thought Rex put it brilliantly this morning in that they just look remarkably slow. And then he had the stat to back it up, which was the next-gen stat Mm -hmm. that says that the Tampa offense is the second slowest in all of football right now. Mike Evans is dropping wide-open passes. I mean, you've got problems all over the place. That defense does not look very good right now, uh, where they looked great early in the season. And yet... The biggest issue of them all is that they are three and four under five hundred, and they're in first place, <laughs> which is why I feel so much better about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and why I would much rather be Tom Brady right now because that division is god awful, and the winner of that division could have eight wins, heck, could have seven wins, could I, be seven and ten. No, you're right, and we saw Washington get in the playoffs a couple of years ago with seven wins. Now, granted, yep. that was a sixteen game schedule, but. The point remains the same. The bar to clear is so low in the NFC South. And, Carlin, the other thing is you have Tom Brady if you're the Bucks, You're competing against Marcus Mariota, failed first-round pick, Ugh. Andy Dalton, a journeyman, yeah. journeyman quarterback at this point, yeah. and Philip Walker. <laughs> That's who you're competing against. Yet, you just lost, tore you up. You lost to Philip Walker <laughs> yesterday. And I'm pretty sure Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard are still hitting their head on the goalpost. What did they rush that, for? 170? 180? They still, they still running, Carlin, is the point. They're still running. And to me, we can talk about all of the different issues with the Tampa Bay Bucks on the offensive side, but we can also explain those issues, right, Carlin, because of the lack of talent. I mean, there was a lot of turnover on the interior of that offensive line, and their weapons on the outside ain't healthy. We get all of that. Why the hell is the defense so bad? And, oh, I'm sorry. Isn't your head coach a defensive mind in Todd Bowles? Like, I know Todd well. I like Todd Bowles. He was on the staff when I was a Dallas Cowboy under Bill Parcells. I think he's a good coach. But he failed as a head coach with the New York Jets. And, Carlin, dare I say he's failing now as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a roster that a lot of people thought can compete for a championship this year. And so when we start talking about the bigger picture with the Bucs, I'm looking at the head coach and Todd Bowles and saying he needs to be under more heat and more pressure, too. Tom Brady, rightfully so. We know what he's dealing with. We know the issues that he's trying to navigate around. A leaky offensive line, no run game, and receivers that can't get separation. Great. What the hell is the head coach doing about it? Why isn't the defense more dominant? I mean, the plays that you gave up in the game yesterday, Carlin, is just inexcusable. Like, when you look at the explosives for the Carolina Panthers, 60-yard run, 29-yard completion, 27-yard completion, 23-yard completion, 21-yard completion, 20-yard run, 20-yard completion. Carlin, at some point, you have to limit that. You can't allow those types of explosive plays and think you're going to have a chance to win a football game, especially on the road against a division rival. I mean, think about that for a second. The Panthers just traded away their best two players offensively, and they did all of that against you. Yeah. They lit you up. Carlin, the Carolina Panthers had their best rushing day of the season, and they just got rid of CMC and a week ago got rid of the head coach. They're not trying to win games. That's the other part about this. They're probably annoyed that they won the game. That's the other part about this. (laughs) 
David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, he ain't trying to win games. Yeah, he's not trading Brian Burns. He's not trading DJ Moore because those are foundational pieces. But they ain't trying to win games. They're trying to stockpile draft picks and improve their draft position. And they essentially rolled their helmet out there and got a win against a team that has true title aspirations. That is the sad state of where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. So as much as we want to blame Tom Brady and what he may or may not be going through personally, I think we're missing a little bit of the bigger picture when it comes to the leadership in the organization and the head coach making sure that this team is ready to play. Because that, that team yesterday, they weren't ready, ready to, to play. play in Charlotte. They weren't. Nope. And there's too much talent on the defensive side of the ball to allow the Carolina Panthers to have that kind of outing offensively. Here's Brady on losing to losing team. And I think it's the NFL, so every team is challenged. And if, you know, you've got to understand they have strengths. And, you know, we and we just have not played well. It doesn't matter, you know, it, if you don't execute your job well, then it doesn't matter who's on the other side. It just still comes down to the fundamentals of the sport, throwing and catching, blocking, tackling. Um, it's all the, the fundamentals. I haven't heard him sound like this in a while. Yeah. I, I can't remember the last time. I mean, Chris, i got to be honest. You listen to Tom Brady, it feels like the last place he wants to be today is at one buck place watching tape. Yeah. It does not feel like he's all that into it right now. And, yeah, they got they just got their tails kicked after the game yesterday. I understand that. I Carl, think Carlin, but it shouldn't have been that. And you know how I know that it shouldn't have been that, and you know how I know they weren't ready to play? All you got to look at is the third play of the game. After they get their first first down, yeah. Mike Evans on the eight. I, I mean, the post, the corner falls down. He's wide open by himself. By himself and drops the ball. Now, this dude is a team captain. He's a pro ball player. All pro at his best. Drops the damn ball. You catch that ball, the complexion of the game is completely different. Because the Carolina Panthers, guess what, Carlin? They don't believe that they can win. And if you if you take away all possibility, all of the the optimism that they could potentially have early in that game, they're dead. Guess, that's, guess what? They're going to fold. Yeah. But that's not what happened. You let them hang with you. And all of a sudden, the game gets into the, the second half, and it's a 7 nothing lead for Carolina. All of a sudden, they start believing that they can win. They, the, the Bucks had an opportunity early on in that game to take away all belief for the Panthers, and they didn't. And they essentially laid down. That's how I know that team wasn't prepared to play. You know how else I know they weren't prepared to play? That team was 2 of 12 on third down. 2 of 12, Carla. 2 of 12 on your third down conversions. 0 for 1 in the red zone. You weren't ready to play that game. You weren't. And that's an indictment on leadership in that locker room, and it's an indictment on the head coach. Yep. So when we start talking about the underachieving teams that are 3 and 4, that being the Bucks and the Packers, the common thread, the through line, is the leadership or lack thereof. And until that gets straightened out, it's going to be hard for these teams to get to where they want to be. Now, that being said, I got more confidence in the Bucks by default because of the division that they play in. That's the only reason. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Uh, one thing that was very positive that did happen yesterday is the Baltimore Ravens held on to their fourth-quarter lead. And we will speak to one of the Ravens about that in just moments. It's Canty and Carlin just getting started on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Ravens able to hold it together yesterday. They had had issues with fourth quarter leads, as we know, earlier this year. A guy who has spent time with them this season, linebacker Brandon Copeland, is free agent right now. He joins he us right now. He's a very guy. He can get on the move. He's involved with Moneyline. We'll tell you about that in a little bit. Brandon, it's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. What's going on, bud? I cannot complain. Appreciate you guys having me. How you guys doing? We're doing well. You know, first of all, let's just talk about Lamar Jackson and what it's like to be around the guy, what kind of influence he has on the entire team, and just watching him play, preparing against him every week, uh, what that's like. Yeah, I mean, shoot, it's, it's hard to prepare against a guy who literally can do so many different things to beat you, you know what I'm saying? It's, and that's what makes him special as a as a player and, and as an athlete, right? Like, hey, let's put a spy on him. Well, you know, I'll, I'll run your spy. Hey, let's crush the pocket and, and contain. Well, I'll beat you with a really nice throw to Mark Andrews or, or something, you know? So um, it definitely makes it extremely tough. Is it the uh, worst job in America you know, at times, Brandon, <laughs> trying to help him get ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's every once in a while, you know, you have an opportunity to play against him a few few times, right, where – you know, you turn on film the next day and it's, you know, it might be somebody else on the team like, hey, like, 
they look at coach and just say, hey, like, I did what you coached me to do. We did it just like that. But, you know, when, when he was born, he was born with a little more something than, than me. And he just he just beat me, coach. It is what it is, right? Go on to the next play. So, yeah, it is definitely can be a matchup nightmare at times for sure. Brandon, so much of the story around the Baltimore Ravens this season has been blown leads in the second half. Yesterday against the Browns, they were able to mount another double-digit lead only to have to hang on with a blocked field goal at the end in order to save the win. And my question to you is, what has it been like in that Ravens locker room this season in trying to work past some of the miscommunications on the defensive side of the ball in order to move past these second-half collapses? Yeah, no, it's been obviously a work in progress, right? A work in process, you know, as as we all know, right? NFL games come down to, you know, a, a score or two typically, right? And so, you know, the the difference in winning those games versus losing those games is just in the details and, and really detailing and honing in on your work when you're tired and especially, obviously, in the fourth quarter. And so, obviously, Chris, you've been in that locker room. You understand how hard the Ravens work and how hard that entire organization is working to to try to win. Um, but I think in, in terms of the fourth quarter, quote unquote collapses as well, it's just about making sure that guys aren't getting complacent, making sure that guys continue to detail and lock on their work. And then also just continue to be aggressive uh, throughout the game. I think that that's the most important thing is, you know, you see earlier in the season that, you know, Ravens were getting big leads on people. And then, you know, at that point you can easily get on the sideline and think, Hey, like, you know, we, we, they're going to give in. They're going to throw in the towel, and we can have a, a easy one. This is a highlight tape game, but, you know, as, as we all know in the NFL, that doesn't exist. And so I think it's just, you know, keeping guys, keeping that foot on the gas pedal um, throughout all four quarters. Brandon Copeland, free as your linebacker in the NFL right now, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Brandon, that division, you know, it's amazing. You see the Steelers, uh, they're going through it right now with the quarterback situation. Uh, the Browns have had to deal with their own quarterback situation. And, you know, the Bengals got off to a, a slower start, but they're starting to come around. Handicap that division for me right now. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I'm – Obviously, being in the Ravens locker room, I like the Ravens. You know, I know that, you know, again, right now they've, they've been able to, um, you know, take a, a stronghold on the division, but it's very early in the season, of course, right? And so, um, you know, I, I understand I've been on six different teams. It would have been seven teams, but I came back to Baltimore twice. There's been maybe two other organizations that had the same work ethic, same type of winning mentality and tradition um, that I – I've grown accustomed to as being a, you know, a Baltimore Ravens fan growing up and then also a player in that locker room. And so, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and bet on the Ravens, you know, obviously us as players, we can't bet, but you guys know what I mean. You know, I'll let you guys put in that bet for me, but I'm always going to bet on Baltimore. Brandon, I want to ask you about an organization that you're really familiar with, the New York Jets. I know you're a big guy in real estate. Well, a lot of people, a lot of fans are buying stock in the New York Jets right now and what they're doing. They're off to their best start. <laughs> in over a decade, and just your overall thoughts on this team and this defense in particular and how they're playing. Yeah, you see the excitement on the field. You see the, the you know, I, I remember the biggest thing when when uh, they brought in Coach Robert. Uh, you know, I know that so many guys around the league just were reaching out, just singing his praises, right, about how, like, literally, that was one of the first times a, a coach has been hired and, you know, regardless of who, I spoke to about it. No one had anything bad to say, 
right? And so you can see that now that that culture is starting to trickle down in the locker room. You can see that guys are excited to be playing. You can see them celebrating, and and I think that that's um, exciting, not only for the the people in that building, you know, being there for a couple of years, but also just for this town and for this area. I mean, obviously the Giants are doing well as it, too, and you know, for this fan base um, in the New Jersey, New York area. I mean, it's been a long time coming. I know they're super excited, and, and hopefully, um, you know, they continue to keep up that that same type of momentum. But as we know, you know, it's an extremely long season. Brandon Copeland with us, NFL linebacker. Brandon, tell us about the uh, the uh, partnership you've got with Money Lion. Uh, you as a Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania lecturer and financial literacy, and how you're involved in that. Yeah, Money Line and I, we, we were trying to find some ways to continue to educate people. And, and for me, I, I lecture at Penn uh, in the off seasons. I teach a course on financial literacy, how to buy a house, how to buy a car, what's your credit score, or what not what your credit score is, what, what goes into making that number what it is, right? Insurance, investing, all of the things that I feel like we should learn about in school, but we're just never taught it. And, and so, you know, coming into the NFL, everybody wanted to teach me about my money, but they didn't want to teach my mom or my brother or anybody else about their money. And so we, we put together this course and, you know, over time we've been able to find amazing, amazing partners. And, and I'm super excited to be partnering with Moneyline here uh, as we create this curriculum to help as many people as possible. We are literally uh, flipping the classroom on its head and doing uh, financial, doing education in a totally new way, but also doing financial education specifically in, in a way that I, I'm extremely excited to to get out to not only, you know, everybody in the world, but, uh, you know, selfishly student athletes, um, student athletes, um, you know, obviously coming into NIL and that space and making money and you got people, you know, doing autographs at the local bar and stuff like that for cash and then getting a 1099 in the in, in January and not understanding that, hey, I'm, oh, I got to pay taxes on this, right? Like, so, again, there's so many different things out there, and I know that some people are like, oh, well, let's not pay the money and, and all that stuff. No, 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 let everybody make their money. Let's just do a better job of educating people on money management and how to understand their money throughout the entire process. So Moneyline and I, we're, we're doing that. I'm the dean of Moneyline University, so, you know, I'm giving me a little promotion there get to that dean category now you know so um so now nah, i'm ex- i'm excited for for what we're cooking up brandon appreciate it man good luck with the project thank you so much appreciate you guys brandon copeland nfl linebacker with us uh, i'll say this for the ravens yesterday i had absolutely no faith that they were not going to blow that game and that's against jacoby Brissett in the rain yeah I mean, that's, I, that's saying something about the state of the ravens defense they give up the touchdown and then they fumble the football I mean, holy yeah. cow. Justice Hill, I don't know. That's the only way that the Browns can get back in the game. you got to know that they're going to be punching at the football trying oh. to get a turnover. Oh Protect the damn ball, man. <laughs> oh, my God. But listen, John Harbaugh and them will figure it out, and guess what? When you got problems, it's best when you're figuring them out sitting in first place in your division. This is true. This is true. It's Kenty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. A former MVP benched after seven games. Wait until you hear how desperate one head coach sounds. That's on the way. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you miss Canton and Carlin? Well, you can't convince me that Russ is not actively trying to get his way off the team. <laughs> That's what's going on right now with the Lakers. Chris, I how could it not be the case right now when late in that game, last night, Lakers are 0-3. Yeah. They lose again last night. Yeah. And Russ is taking jump shots late in the game and has just, first of all, Darvin Ham after the game goes off on him, mm-hmm. but before that, Darvin had him on the floor for the last four and a half minutes until there's 25, 30 seconds left. Yeah. And then he got him out of the game. And he's taking bad shots. Like, what do we expect here? And then Darvin says, I'm not, I don't have time to worry about anybody's feelings. That, that's great. I'm good for you, Darvin. I'm glad that you're trying to do it. When is enough enough? What He wants out. Get him out. Yeah, but you can't get him out, Carlin. Who's going to take No, I mean, salary? get him out by telling him to stay home. Well, listen, I, I'm with you on that one. But it's, it's addition by subtraction, Chris. And, and that sounds good, but it's hard for ownership to stomach that when you're paying a guy $47 million. Well, then point at it, point it LeBron. I mean, it's his fault. What, it, good does, what good does that do you if you're the Lakers organization? This is why, like, I, whatever, organiza- whatever ownership can't stomach or whatever's going on there, all of that doesn't matter. Do we want to save this season or not? I can't have this guy be a part of this right now because the first step is to get him out of this locker room. Well, it seems like he's sabotaging the team, right? He yes. was over from the field in the Clippers game, and then you're talking about him having a nice and tidy 4 for 15 night last night against the Portland Including taking a shot in the last minute. Which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> first of all, rush shooting is a self-check. And he knows we, we that. Are, but he knows that. The opposing team knows that. And when the Lakers are on offense, it's 4 on 5. But we've talked about this at nauseum. There are no easy solutions when it comes to dealing with Russell Westbrook. And I'm sorry, if I'm an owner of one of these teams, it's hard for me to stomach or to justify paying a guy $47 million to sit at home. That's hard to do, Carlos. Would you rather pay him $47 million to actively, actively sabotage your team? Well, he's not, that's what you're doing well, right now. Well, he's not just actively sabotaging the team. He's actively sabotaging any chance that he's going to have to resume his career at any high level in a significant role with the team in the future. Well, that's his problem. That's what he's doing. That's a, that's I, I need a, to get him away a, from That's a him problem. Uh, yeah, I need to get him away from me. I need to get him away from this. But nobody wants him, and that's what he has to come to grips with. That's what he has to understand. Nobody wants you. You're not the player that you once were. I know you got an MVP in the trophy case. That's all well and good. But you're also the same guy that couldn't win a championship when he had James Harden and Kevin Durant on his damn team. He's also the same guy that couldn't get along or coexist with James Harden down in Houston. Chris. Nobody wants Russell Westbrook, and now he can't make it work with LeBron and AD in L.A. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him, and he's not a winning basketball player. I can't continue to have him here. No, but I'm not giving up two picks to get rid of him. Sit at home. I'll suck it up. I can't do this. Well, just in the last 45 minutes, some rather interesting news out of Indianapolis. Canty mm. and Carlin, ESPN Radio, which, by the way, is the most interesting thing to come out of Indianapolis in quite some time because I watched that game yesterday uh, at least a good I would say I watched a good 20 to 25 minutes of that game yesterday uh-huh. and Chris I can't get that back I mean honestly that was so bad to yeah. watch the Colts yesterday and I just happened to flip it on right at the time where Matt Ryan's throwing a pick six yeah uh you know, well, that could have been at any point in the game so earlier to- <laughs> exactly earlier today Frank Reich 
makes the announcement that turns out looks like Matt Ryan's not going to be the quarterback for right now. This guy is special, special, special. And, you know, we all we know right at the quarterback position that it's not our poor production on offense is not on one person. It's not on Matt Ryan. But we also know, as Matt and I talked it through, hey, as head coach and quarterback, as head coach, ultimately it doesn't matter. I'm judged on wins and losses. Quarterbacks judged on points and, and production and turnovers. That's We understand that's how it is in this league. And so Matt will be a pro. He, you know, he, I will say this, uh, as you guys saw, or, or maybe saw, he did get banged up in the game. He does have a grade two, uh, grade two um, shoulder separation. And so will not practice this week. Will be inactive. Nick will be number two. Um, and But Matt is committed to helping this team in every way he can. He's got a lot of years of experience. You always got to stay ready. You never know. This is a funny league. So... I still believe Matt's going to help us get to where we want to go in whatever role that is. And so Sam Ellinger is going to start the rest of the season, not just this week. He said the rest of the season as of right now. Yeah, and he went on to clarify his comments, and he said that the reason uh, Sam Ellinger is going to start for the rest of the season is not because of the Matt Ryan injury, which I think is damning in terms of what they think Matt Ryan is and what his potential role is going to be on this team moving forward. Like, this is a guy that you traded a third-round pick for, and a lot of people said that you could have legitimate conference championship aspirations because he was going to give you competent quarterback play. And we've seen anything but competent quarterback play from Matt Ryan. He's got nine interceptions on the season and three lost fumbles, Carlin. That's 12 turnovers in seven ball games. That's just not good enough. Yet somehow, some way, this team is 500 and in second place in that division. So I think that speaks to the talent level on that team, and it also gives you a little bit of insight as to why Frank Reich feels like he needs to make this move right now in order to salvage the season where they came into the year with high expectations. So let's be clear. The Colts and Frank Reich really specifically has traded away uh, a first round pick plus for Carson Wentz. Yes. A third round pick for Matt Ryan. Correct. And they haven't done anything. And Frank Reich is the quarterback whisperer. And we are not even halfway into the season. And we are done with Matt Ryan mm-hmm. with the Colts. I mean, this has got to be it for Frank Reich, no? How, how is it not? I, I, yeah, I don't know how they're going to let him cycle through more quarterbacks or be responsible for the development of the next franchise quarterback. But if it's that, if it's the end of the road for Frank Reich, then it has to be the end of the road for Chris Ballard, their general manager, as well. Because he's the one that signed off on all of these moves. He's the one that said, okay, we'll go along with Carson Wentz. He's the one that said... We're going to move Carson Wentz and not have a succession plan at quarterback. And then, because of the Deshaun Watson trade rumors, Matt Ryan became available. They traded that third-round pick, and they were excited to get Matt Ryan. And, Carlin, it's falling flat on his face. So, if Frank Reich is going to be the one to go, then Chris Ballard ain't far behind. I I don't know how how Jim Ursay can justify letting go of one and retaining the other. Well, listen, the rest of the talent on that team – are the Colts any good? It doesn't feel like they're that good at all. I mean, they they made a couple of nice picks. I mean, obviously, Quentin Nelson was a nice pick, but has he been the same since injury? You know, I, I'm kind of looking at this like I, I would not disagree with the idea. This is yeah. my point. Yeah, It might be time for the Colts to and, – and it's unbelievable that we're saying this at 3-3-1. and one. Yeah. But it might be time for the Colts to just try to reshape this whole thing. With some new people. Yeah, you know what, though? It's hard to say that with so much parity in the conference because when you look at these other second and third place teams 
in the divisions in the AFC, nobody really scares you. Nobody scares you. I mean, Cincinnati would probably be the best of the bunch, but I mean, if you're punting on the season, that means that you think definitively that the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the L.A. Chargers are just that much better than you. And I'm not sure that the Colts are there when you're looking at the roster top to bottom. I don't think that they are there right now. So we'll have to see how the season continues to unfold, how things evolve. But I will say this, you got a game coming up against the Washington Commanders. That's the team that you traded Carson Wentz to. You damn well better get back on track by winning that game. It feels like that's going to be the litmus test for their season because if they can't win that game, they're probably not going to win on the road against the Patriots. They're probably not going to win on the road against Vegas. And then they got a date with the Philadelphia Eagles at home. So all I'm simply saying is it feels like it's getting late early with the Indianapolis Colts, and that's why they're making this move. But they got to get this thing turned around in a hurry if Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are going to keep their jobs. I have to tell you, I am as bad as it was to watch that yesterday. I am a hair surprised that it came this quick. I, I am a hair surprised that he made the decision to make the change this quickly. But clearly the Colts are, are ready to move on. Sam Ellinger time. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.